Hi, everyone. Welcome to Joshua Live. I'm Gary Temple Bodley. Today's episode is more about activation. In a recent Joshua Live, White Light was talking about activation as well. And we've understood activation a little bit more in the last year. It really started with the retreat back in spring when the final Joshua Live session turned out to be an activation session. Since then, Chrissy has learned to do activations herself, and she did a bunch privately. She also brought in Chris and Crystal, so the three of them work together to do these activations, and they've done them on three or four groups of people now. And so we're getting more familiar and more comfortable with this idea of activation, what it really is, and how, what the benefits are, and all that. And so in this episode, Joshua talks about the body. It's interesting because the body isn't really talked about as much as all the other subjects, but this is an important component. It's part of the trinity of mind, body, and spirit. And when those are in coherence, you're operating more effectively from a much higher perspective. But when they're out of coherence, they're sort of affecting each other. And if the body is not being considered, it's holding you back a little bit because it's holding on to repressed emotions and traumas and things like that. Once the activation happens, which is done through light language, the body releases the stored emotions over time. And so we've seen this happen again and again, and it's really remarkable, and there's so many benefits to it. We're actually starting an activation group. We're going to do our first group on December 2nd. We'll have four weekly activations. They'll be recorded and sent to you, and you can do them anytime during the week. They're usually about 30 to 45 minutes long, and it's like a meditation. You just sit there and listen to it, and you'll have a specific hertz frequency to listen to as well that's specific to you. And if you'd like to join that activation group, send me an email to garybodley at gmail.com. It should be a lot of fun, and we're really excited to see what happens. All right, without further ado, let's get on with the show. We are thrilled to be here. Hi, Joshua. Well, what we'd like to do is tell you who you truly are. You are all magnificent, limitless, eternal beings of pure positive love, as you know, as you're well aware. You can't really feel that. You don't remember who you are. You feel separated. And this is the point of this adventure in physical reality. You came to see how much of a leap you could take in perspective in this lifetime. You set yourselves up for this. This leap in perspective will be an example to others all over the world. Those who are close to you, those who know you, those who see you and those who are unseen by you or cannot see you. You see, it affects the mass consciousness of this planet. Just your simple shifting of thoughts to consider that you could possibly be someone so much more than you are. But again, there's the illusion. The illusion is that you are separate. This is the foundation of this reality. And of course, the vast majority of people who have come to explore this reality at this time of awakening are deeply within the illusion. To them, it's a 3D reality. To them, things are solid. They cannot move through walls. They cannot do things that are beyond the laws of what they say is physics. But this is all the illusion. There is nothing outside of you. There's nothing separating you. You are a collective consciousness. You can tap into that consciousness anytime you like, and many of you are starting to do that now. As you raise your perspective, you'll see yourself more clearly. But this goes a little bit beyond your belief system. What is that belief system telling you? It's telling you that things are real. It's telling you that you're separate. It's telling you that you are not magnificent. You're not eternal. You're not limitless. And you're not a being of love. It's telling you the opposite of who you truly are. So you must endeavor to break free of that illusion. This is a choice. This is a choice you've previously made. Your entire life has been set up so that you can go on a trajectory, find this information, and then start thinking in a new way, thinking differently than all your friends and family, thinking differently than the vast majority of the population. But you're thinking differently anyway, aren't you? You know that you are. You have certain beliefs that are beyond the beliefs of other people right now. You are looking at things from a much higher perspective, including yourself. You are trusting that you are guided. You are receiving inspiration, intuition. You are noticing that you have some empathic abilities that are starting to come online. You are doing the work. You are realizing how beneficial that work is, including meditation. And as you move along on this journey, you will break free of the chains of this illusion. But it doesn't matter because there's nowhere to go. There's nothing to do. You do not have to push yourself. You do not have to stress out about this. You just need to have fun. 
because this is primarily why you came. Remember, this is an adventure. You are adventurers. You are mavericks. You are explorers. You are built for this. You are prepared for this. You have experience. You have very powerful intentions. There are no accidents. There is nothing random going on here. It's all by design. And your reality is a perfect reflection of where you see yourself, your perspective. That perspective is translated into a vibration. That vibration adjusts with your perspective. Raise your perspective, you raise your vibration. What happens when you raise your vibration? You enter or encounter or attract or experience a different reality. The reality you experience is based on that vibration in every area of your life. Once you raise that perspective, you automatically raise that vibration and you receive a new reality. So we were talking to Gary earlier today and we were showing him an example of who he truly is. So imagine a stadium filled with people watching a track meet and there are 10 athletes ready to do the 100 meter dash and you are one of those athletes and they're all the top athletes. They're all the fastest runners. But you in the middle lane have a little bit of a disadvantage. You are carrying or dragging a 100-pound weight behind you. Why? Because you are this powerful. To make it a fair competition, you are saddled with a little bit of disadvantage. And yet, as the race starts, you pull out in front and you win by a mile because that's who you truly are. Just the ability to think in a new way in this reality that causes you to believe you're separate and nothing. Now, you'll have to make a choice. Are you the creator of your reality or are you a victim? If you're the victim, you can live a safe, small, and significant life, but it'll be full of internal conflict for you. Are you the creator? Well, if so, you'll have to think differently. You'll have to push beyond the limits of your belief system or at least to those limits. You'll have to expand your identity. You'll have to endeavor to see perfection. And when you do, you'll be given glimpses after glimpses after glimpses that you will never know is true or not. There will be no evidence because the evidence exists within. As soon as you believe it, it becomes true. That's it. And so you can endeavor to see yourself as who you truly are, or you can play it safe and small. And you can do it again and again and again. But remember, what you came to do in this lifetime is to see how much of a leap in perspective you could personally achieve. That's why you're here now. That's why you're interested in this information. And that's why you're willing to do whatever it takes. And with that, we'd like to talk to you about anything you'd like to talk about. Who'd like to start? Hi, Joshua. I think I have like this internal conflict when it comes to acceptance and ignorance. What happened a few weeks ago, I went out with my friend to eat something. And after we finished, she went out. And there was this homeless person lying on the ground just outside of the restaurant. And then I had this internal conflict where I see him from like a higher perspective that he is a creator of his reality. He wants to experience that. Or actually, should I ignore it? And then obviously I, I had a negative emotion. And I straight away went to him and I see if he's okay. He actually wasn't responding. So we call the ambulance, but I just, I have this internal conflict now is acceptance, ignorance sometimes. Excellent. Well, we would say that there is a spectrum from acceptance to resistance. In resistance, you tend to pull away, to separate, to disconnect. In acceptance, you are connecting to your inner self. In acceptance, all you are doing is giving your inner self the opportunity to communicate with you through intuition and inspiration. Were you inspired to go up to this person? Well, of course you were, because this is connection. If you did not accept this, if you did not see the perfection, if you thought something was wrong or bad, you would receive an urge to disconnect or walk away or ignore it but you didn't do that. In acceptance, you received the inspiration, you felt the fear, you pushed past the fear, and you moved forward to see if you could help. Perfectly natural. Now, there's two ways to see this. 
this poor homeless person shouldn't be living the life they're living, should be living the life you're living or your friends are living or society thinks is good, and therefore they're wrong. In order to fix them or fix the problem or change the conditions, you must address this situation. You must intervene on their behalf because somehow they're incapable of doing so. They're not fitting in with the rules of society, but you don't know what they're here to experience. You don't know what they're here to explore. To get where you are now, they'll have to have some experiences. Those experiences aren't just in one lifetime. They have many experiences over many lifetimes. To get where you are, possibly they'd have to live a thousand lifetimes. But how would you get to where you are if you didn't have those experiences? It would not be possible. So imagine living in this modern society with the opulence and ease and relative luxury compared to past generations and not really being able to make it, not being really able to fit in. How would that be by design? How would that be perfect? What could they be experiencing that the rest of the, your society cannot experience because they are not in that situation? Well, there are many things you could experience, and from your perspective, based in what you think is good or bad, right or wrong, like the rest of society, you would say, I would not want to experience that. Therefore, I don't believe that someone else should experience that. But what if they're experiencing freedom that you don't experience? What if the rules no longer apply to them? What if they've broken free of society's rules? What if they are absolutely enjoying this freedom? And they absolutely disliked the constraints of the rules of society. That's one possible way to look at it. And it's your responsibility or to your benefit to look at it in whatever way you can to the limits of your beliefs. That's all that anyone is asking or suggesting. How can you possibly look at this in a way that defies how you feel, defies the illusion? How could this be right? You could take it up a notch. You could say, I had an experience that caused me to feel negative emotion. As I looked upon this homeless person, I felt what I would call, from my perspective, a negative emotion. It was not pleasant. Two possibilities there. You could solve this problem of homelessness throughout the world just to make yourself feel better, or you could endeavor to see the perfection of this person living their life just so they could show you one limiting belief. What would you have to think about yourself to believe that someone came into this reality, lived the life, went through everything they went through, their childhood, education, the country they're born to, just to meet you at this one moment in time and give you that indication through negative emotion that your belief system or your perception of reality is a bit off? They did all that for you. That implies something about you. They were willing to come into this reality to have this experience that you would not prefer yourself just to show you and whoever else was paying attention one limiting belief. Now, of all the people that this person's ever encountered, who is the one person to think differently? It's you. Of all the people it's you. That's who you truly are. This is the purpose of all of this. Every single person who ever made you feel good or bad was showing you a belief. The beliefs where you thought it was wrong, showing you that your perception of reality, of yourself, in that moment in time, was inaccurate. If you could pick up on these things, you would quickly discover who you truly are. But you can't believe it. It's impossible. You can't remember who you are. You can't know that you're eternally connected to everyone you know. And so you play this game, come into this reality, have these experiences, think the way you think. And the way you think is spectacular. It's such a high perspective. You might not believe 
that you're worthy of someone living a whole life just to show you one limiting belief, but just the possibility that you're considering acceptance, well, that alters the fabric of this entire reality, and you serve him by doing that. You serve everyone by thinking differently. No one else is thinking differently, just a handful of you. How could they? There's no one teaching this to them. And if there were, they'd never believe it. Why wouldn't they believe it? Because to believe something that is not easily seen, to go beyond what most people do not understand is an illusion, is something very rare. And you've done that. And all of you have done that in some situation. When you consider that there's not 2 million people on this call or 1 billion people on this call, it's just the handful of you, the 40, 50, 60 people that come on these calls each and every week to think in a new way, to learn something new, to consider a different approach to life. This is what your reality is showing you. This is what everyone on this call's reality is showing them. If you're listening to this at a later date, and you're feeling negative emotion in an encounter with another person, they're serving you. And when you can drop to your knees in appreciation of that person, seeing the perfection in the message that they're giving you by being who they have to be so that you can see yourself more fully as who you truly are, then you've got it. Thank you. Perfect. Thank Excellent. you, Joshua. Who's next? Hi, Joshua. Daryl. We all know that time is an illusion, but on here on earth, there are sayings like, let's kill time, let's stop time, let's, you know, all these negative things about time. But then I, I, I tell folks that, you know, just think of time as your friend, think of it as dancing with time and giving it a positive work. So is there any advice you can give us on how to play with time and make it our friend? Time is context. Time gives meaning to your life. Time makes you get off your butt and get things done. Time allows you to connect with one another at a place at a certain time. Time is important in this reality. It's the benefit of this reality. It's unique to this reality. The way you experience time is not experienced any other way. If you're a collective consciousness, there's no need for a clock. You all know what time it is. You don't care what time it is. There's really no need for time. And you'll meet when you meet. Here, because you feel separate, because there's illusion of separation and individuality, you have to organize yourselves. And you do so through what you call time. Time gives you the context within which you experience a finite lifespan. But it doesn't really make sense because you have no idea how long that is. Nor do you have any idea how anyone else experiences time. You might be four years old and transition at that time. And from your perspective, being your age, you look on that and you say, what a shame they only get to live for four years. From the four-year-old's perspective, that's an entire lifetime. And everything that they needed to do in that lifetime was done. This is how time works. It's like everything else. It's perspective. If you're 100 years old, you look back at your life and it'll seem like it went by in a snap of a finger. And it's true of whatever age, because that time was never anything but present moment, present moment, present moment, present moment. Time is not such an illusion elsewhere. It's an illusion here. You come to play in the context of how you perceive time and how your society agrees upon time. But you play silly games with time and you make it more important than it needs to be. And you worry about being late or missing something or forgetting something. And it never matters because everything's perfect. It only matters in the framework of context. How do you perceive yourself within the time allotted? Can you take that test in that one hour period you have? Do you have enough time? Or are you faster than everyone else? Or are you slower than everyone else? Do you compare yourself? Do you label things with this subject of time? But if there is no time, if there's really no time, if you can see beyond the illusion of time, well, you can see beyond the illusion of separation as well. You can see beyond the illusion of gravity. 
You can see beyond the illusion of unworthiness. You can see beyond the illusion of imperfection. These are all illusions that the vast majority of the feeling separate human consciousness considers real, but it's an illusion. Once you see beyond the illusion, once you see the magician explain the trick, then the trick is no big deal. You could do that trick. It doesn't fool you anymore. You can operate within the reality without overcompensating for this illusion caused by time or space or gravity or unworthiness or separation or anything. Now, if you cast off the illusion, you would be who you truly are. There's no illusion in the non-physical. You exist in the authenticity of who you truly are. But this reality would have no substance, no context, no meaning, no emotion, no feeling. You come for all those things. When you're running late to something, you feel something. You don't usually choose to feel it. You automatically feel it based on your identity. Now, if you saw through the illusion of time, you'd feel differently. You'd feel better. It wouldn't matter anymore. So anytime you can see past the illusion of something, you're going to feel better. What do you want? To operate in this reality feeling better. This is why you're here. How do I feel better in my reality? Well, you don't take the context so seriously. The context is just a setup to overcome or to see through. Now, those of you who are seeing through that are dangling little, little threads down to the rest of the consciousness, to everyone else who can reach a perspective high enough to understand there's a bunch of illusions going on. The illusion of limitation, the illusion of lack, the illusion primarily of imperfection. Without those illusions, guess what else goes away? There's no fear. There's nothing to fear. Without the illusion, there's nothing to fear. Therefore, all the fear in this reality stems from the illusion. In the non-physical, guess what isn't there? Fear. How come? No illusion. If you're eternal, there's nothing to fear. If you can't feel pain, nothing to fear. If there is no loss, nothing to fear. And if everything's perfect, what is there to fear? You have the vibration that attracts what you want and what you don't want. Clean up that vibration, you attract more of what you want and less of what you don't want. All the things that you've been taught were taught by people who believed in the illusion. So don't listen to them anymore. They are experiencing a context, trying to figure out it in their own way. They develop a set of beliefs based on the context that seem real to them. Yet it's not really working. Why is it not working? Because they still feel fear. Now, most humans will say, I don't feel that much fear. And it's like saying to a fish, I don't feel that much water. They are inundated. They were swimming in the fear. They're just so used to it break free of these illusions, you feel less fear. But how do you break free of the illusion? Well, you believe in the illusion. Why do you believe in the illusion? Because to operate in this reality, you have to perceive that walls are solid. Because if you bump into a wall, it's going to hurt. There will be pain. But there's only pain because you're believing in an inaccuracy. The wall's not real. Get to the right vibration, walk through the wall but then you lose your context. Do you really want to lose the context? You want to play within the context using your abilities to see through the illusion, not to change others, not to make them see what you see because they never will. They're never going to get to that level of perspective in this lifetime. But if they can see you not concerning yourself with these illusions and simply maintaining a high perspective so that you can receive inspiration. And when you receive inspiration, you can feel the fear and notice the illusion and say, it's just an illusion. I can push past the fear. Gary and his friends were at a museum. It was a museum of illusion. And there was a exhibit 
where it was a walkway suspended within a tube. And in that tube, lights were spinning around. And it was impossible to walk that plank, walk that walkway, because the illusion was that the plank was spinning. And so they would fall to the side and fall to the side, and they'd try and figure out how to see through the illusion. And one of the little kids that was with them said, just look at the ground and you'll walk right through it. They saw past the illusion and they figured out a remedy for this illusion or close your eyes. They knew the plank, the walkway was not moving. They knew the tube was moving, the walls were moving, but they were perfectly stable. And yet they could not opt out of the illusion with their eyes open. So they shut their eyes. So if you can shut your eyes to the context, knowing it's not real, it's just an illusion, then you can operate quite effectively. And when you do, you'll feel good. This is the key, how you feel. Do you feel good? Do you feel bad? That's all you'll ever need to know to navigate this illusion. Excellent. Thank you. Hi, Who's next? Hi, Joshua. It's Emma here. Emma! Yesterday, I was in a real flunk. And the day before, I had slept all day and all night after I'd just come back from a trip and I'd come back from a night flight. And I didn't want to get out of bed. And the next morning, I was still in such a flunk. I didn't want to get out of bed. And there was no manifestation event happening. I just felt really, really crappy. I almost called Christy to go, I don't know what to do. I feel so crappy. But there was nothing that was actually creating it. It was just how I felt. What's going on with things like that? And how do you, how do you handle it? Because I really was doing everything I could to shift my vibration because then I was worried that I was creating from this crappy space, but it was just really thick energy. Do you have cells in your body? Yes. Do you communicate with every single cell in your body? Sometimes as part of my meditation, I talk to my cells and, you know, talk to each, the telomeres in my cells. Wonderful. Can you move your left hand? Yes. Can you move your liver? Probably not. Is there any amount of communication know. that will allow you to control your liver? I don't know. Is your liver you? Yes. Or is your liver a community of cells designed to become a liver that exists within the being that you are so that you can travel around and have this experience? You are not your body. You are the leader of your body. You are the commander of much of your body, but not all of it. And your body is designed to support you. Your body will say, all right, we'll get up in the middle of the night. We'll get on a plane. We'll travel across the world. We'll come and deliver you back home. But give us a break. This is not what we normally do. We need to rest up a little bit here. Consider us. We're doing everything we can to support you, but we need a little bit of time to recover from this crazy life that you have. You are partners with that body. That body wants your support. If you had a horse in a stable and you rode it all day long and you put it back in the stable and then five minutes later you said, hey, let's go again, the horse might resist that, might lay down, might play dead. This is exactly what your body's doing. Trying to catch up. Trying to catch up, not because it's upset with anything, not because it has a bad vibration, not because there's bad energy, but because it wants to support you. And in order to support you, it's going to need a little break. It's going to need to catch up. How many other humans have traveled as far as you have in your life? How many humans a hundred years ago traveled as much as you have in your life? How about zero? You are doing things that nobody has ever done before or very few have. And you're expecting it to keep on going and keep on ticking and keep on grooving along in a happy state. There's things that are going on. And when you upset the rhythm of that body, the body's going to need a little time to get back into shape. When you do a massive workout, the body's going to want to relax. And if you 
push it and prod it and scream at it, it will comply, but it's going to take a little time. It is supporting you 100% in everything you do to the best of its ability. It loves you deeply. All the cells of your body, countless cells of your body, coming and going, coming and going, coming and going, are living this physical reality to support you. Just like everyone else you know. They're coming into physical reality to support you. As soon as you let, out, let them off the hook, well, they can do what they're naturally designed to do. As soon as you let your body's cells off the hook, they will seek well-being. They will snap back into shape, and they'll be ready to go the next time you want to jump on a plane and fly 25 hours to some foreign land. Consider your body as it considers you. It loves and accepts you fully. It's designed to support you. It's thinking of you 24-7. It's doing everything it can to give you the life that you designed in every single way, whether that's an illness or whether that's in peak physical shape. When you get the inspiration to eat something, you're inspired to bring nutrients to the body that the body wants, specifically for your body. When you are inspired to take a walk or run on the beach or exercise, you're doing this for your body. You're taking time out of your busy life to support your body. You might be supporting your body in this way a few hours a day. When you sleep, you're supporting your body. When you meditate, you're supporting your body. When you're drinking water, you're supporting your body. But your body is supporting you 24-7. And when you take in consideration the life that you are living, the, we'll say, extreme life you're living, well, maybe you can think about the body just a little bit more and lay on that couch and eat your bonbons and watch your TV and don't worry about a thing because your body is resilient. This time when I came back from the trip, I landed on like a morning and usually I would go back into work that day. Yeah. Of course. And I didn't. This, I didn't this time. I gave myself the whole day off. I had the out of office. I slept and slept and slept. But then it was still the next day. So we're saying the body needed even more rest, more than a whole day and a half, because I slept for nearly 24 hours. Okay. So the body just needed even more. Yes. Rest. And when it got what it needed, you felt better. But you were just arguing with the body. You should be different than you are. Yeah, emotion-wise, yeah. Maybe it's age. Maybe it's this. Maybe it's what I ate. Doesn't matter what it is. When the body needs time to recover, the body's going to want to recover. You can power through it, but it's not going to be a pleasant experience. Just like anything else, that's not a pleasant experience. If it's not a pleasant experience, if it doesn't bring you joy, don't do it. When you think it could be an emotion... It could actually be the body is telling you that more than the fact that it's an emotion. There are many, 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 many layers to this. Okay. To oversimplify it is to say, in your case, that the body needed a little rest. That's it. Yeah. Imagine that you had the flu. Why did you get the flu? You find yourself in your bed, not moving for five days. Could it be the year that you had prior to that? Moving, 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 this and that, this and that, this and that, and not considering the body. Could it be a bit of imbalance yeah. in your life? You don't blame the body when you have the flu. You appreciate the body when you have the flu. You appreciate okay. how good it normally feels. But this is the body's way of getting you in bed. Because if you didn't have the flu, you wouldn't be in bed. You'd be yeah. out running, 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 busy, 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 busy. Got to do this. Got to do this. I don't have time for this. I don't have time for this. I don't have, better get here, over here, over here. This is important. This is important. This is important. This is more important. This is the problem. We got to fix the problem. We got to fix the problem. We gotta fix the problem. <laughs> I got the flu. Yeah. Now you don't have to fix anything because you got the flu and everyone understands. Well, everyone yeah. would understand when you come home from a trip, flying in the middle of the night, that you might want to take a few days to relax. Okay, thank you. Excellent. Who's next? I have a question. Oh, oh Christina. 
I have been having or dealing with this uh, upper back injury for a while, and I've been doing some reading on it and came across some information around how back injury is can be due to repressed anger. And I realized that I have a limiting belief around that that's pretty strong, that um, I believe anger is harmful, it's not safe, and it causes contraction in my body. So I realized like I could be working with a limiting belief around this, but there are some other modalities that talk about actually going to the repressed anger in the body and approaching it from that way. So can you talk more about that? It's as if you teed it up perfectly for us. The body is supporting you, correct? You are assuming the body is you. You are assuming that the body should function perfectly at all times. You're assuming that every experience you've ever had in your life has been properly processed by you and interpreted accurately, yet you're within this illusion. And so for you, you encountered those who had anger. You encountered those who would not allow you to express your anger. You thought then that anger is bad and there should be no anger anywhere in the world. And you continue to say, well, this isn't fair. That's not fair. And it should be different than it is. And you felt much like a victim for a lot of your life. This drew you to this information. You started thinking in a new way. And now you have find yourself with a body that's fully supporting you in holding on to the anger for you. Now you're ready to release the anger. Suddenly, back problems flare up. What is a back doing? It's supporting you. What did you not get? Support from your perspective. And that's not fair. And you feel angry. But you can't express the anger because that's wrong. That's bad. Those who do are violent and scary and cause problems, and you're not one of those people. And so you mentally work your way through it. Maybe process a limiting belief here, maybe do something here, but because of all the fear, you can't really get much going. You're not pushing past your comfort level because essentially anger is based in fear. Now, so is depression different kind of fear. When you start to realize who you truly are, but yet find yourself not living the life that would seem to accommodate that version of yourself or that perspective, you're angry. Why am I not getting support? Why can't I do it? Why can't I push past the fear? Why am I in so much fear? Why is everyone else doing this? Why are they expecting this of me? Why am I having this inner conflict? Why am I lacking this, that, and the other thing? That's not fair. I'm angry. Well, this isn't really who you truly are. Who you truly are is a pure, positive, loving being, fully confident, fully magnificent, fully expressing yourself, placing yourself in a reality where you forget this. Doesn't seem fair. Why would my inner self do this to me? Well, your inner self has created, because your inner self is you, you created the perfect life for you. You just can't see it. You think this time period in your life should not happen, but it is absolutely foundational to who you will become. If you didn't go through this period of your life, if you didn't have these thoughts, if you didn't ask these questions, if you didn't find these modalities, if you didn't think about these things, if you didn't ask this question, you would not become the person who you will become. You're sticking with this. The evidence is you're still here. Why are you doing that? Because you want to find a solution. Because you know more already. Why am I not living the life that I was meant to live? Why have I not found and am living my soul's purpose? Because you got a bunch of fear trapped in the body. You've done work. You've done a course. You've had conversations. You've asked questions. You've read books. You've watched videos. You've listened to podcasts. You're well-informed. You're very intelligent. Your reality is a perfect reflection of who you are, who you're being. You've accomplished and manifested many, many wonderful things. But you have that inner conflict that says you should be somewhere else by now. You know too much. What's holding you back? Sure, limiting beliefs. Sure, fear, lots of it. Fear of what? 
if I become who I think I am, I'm going to frighten everyone and they're going to get angry. Who are you to go off and hawk and teach and lead and be this magnificent person that you are? We're angry that you're doing that. And so all this is kept in the body. It's stored in the body. How do you get it out? Well, there's a lot of ways to get it out. One is you could have an activation. You could participate in something that talks directly to the body. Is this within your belief system? It wasn't in Gary's belief system. It wasn't in Chrissy's belief system. It wasn't in anyone's belief system a year ago. But it is now because they've had experience with it and they've played with it and they've joked about it and laughed about it and seen what's happened as a result. You cannot communicate with your body. You do not control your liver. There's stuff in your body that's been stored because of the perception of reality that you've had along the way. You're ascending mentally. You're connecting to your inner self. But coherence involves the trinity, the mind, body, and spirit. The body has been left out of this whole thing. How do you support a body that you deem should be perfect at your age? This is a weird thing. You're young. Why is there a backache like you're an old person? Because you've been holding on to, among other things, victimhood and fear. It manifests possibly in this direction of anger. It could be in different things. It's not necessary to ferret it out exactly what it is. But now you can think about supporting the body. How do I support the body? Well, you do everything you know to do. You eat well and you try and get enough sleep and you move the body around. But there's other modalities. There's tried and true modalities. But the modality that we would suggest is one that speaks to the DNA, speaks to the body, speaks to the cells, activates that dormant DNA to release the fear. If you've heard of an ascension symptom, you have to understand that as you shift perspective higher and higher and higher to consider that you might possibly be the creator of your reality, that things might be working out for you perfectly, that there are no accidents, and that you are the designer, experiencer, observer of this life, that you've had many lives before, that you're a maverick, explorer, adventurer. When you possibly consider that, you've shifted your perspective. So you've connected the mind to the spirit more. You receive more inspiration. You consider things differently. You look at things from a higher perspective. You start to see the perfection in certain things. But the body still has trapped energy from experiences that you had that you could not process at the time. You believed things were happening to you, that there was no way that this could be anything else other than unfortunate circumstances. And now you're learning, oh, this was all supposed to be perfect. Yes, from this perspective, where you are at this age, right in this moment now, you can see that from a higher perspective. But at that time, you took it on, and you didn't express it, and you held it in the body. The body stored it for you because you were unwilling at the time to express it. You didn't know any better. You were caught up in the illusion. In that illusion, you believe certain things, or you adopt certain beliefs. You define yourself based on these experiences, and it's not pleasant because it's not true. The negative emotions associated with those experiences simply was intended to point out the fact that you're perceiving your reality inaccurately. The anger is not a bad thing. The emotions are not a bad thing. You're highly emotionally sensitive. All of you are. Other people cannot understand you because they don't have the depth of emotion that you have. They are not perceiving things the way you are. Now, imagine, as we've said many times before, You're three years old. You have an ice cream cone. This is the most precious thing in your existence, and it falls on the ground. You've just lost or perceive you've lost your most prized possession. Imagine that. 
your mother, your father, they look at you and say, no big deal. It's just an ice cream cone. But to you, it was everything. And you lost it. Were you clumsy? Were you wrong? Were you bad? Well, it depends on your perspective, what other people were doing at the time, what they were showing you, what you needed to experience. So you've had all the experiences you've needed to experience based on the intentions you set prior to this life. From your non-physical perspective, there's little spots in your essence that needed to be filled in with experience. So you said, let's go have that experience. Let's go have that experience. Let's go have that experience. From your human perspective, you say, I'd rather not. But you don't really get a say in that because you will have those experiences. What you get a say in is the perspective that you choose to look at it from. Now you realize that. But as a child or earlier in your life, you did not have this information. You didn't realize that you could choose a higher perspective. That three-year-old could have chosen to see it as no big deal. And many three-year-olds do. But Many three-year-olds believe that something wrong and bad happened because of the reaction of their parents. You're so clumsy, you can't believe you to hold on to your ice cream. This is what happens when you're clumsy. You see? This gets in to the experience from whatever perspective you're at. And that emotional experience where they say, why are you crying over this? It's just ice cream. Or... If you cared about it, you would be different than you are. That gets held in the body. Unless you radically unlock your beliefs, this cannot really escape. And so a modality such as activation that talks specifically to the body itself, while it might seem beyond your belief system to perceive that that could be true, it's true of almost every modality that you experience now. The modality of surgery was a weird thing 500 years ago. The modality of many things that you take for commonplace now at one point was beyond the belief system of most people. But imagine if someone could speak to the cells of your body, directly to those cells, and let them know it's safe to let go of this anger or whatever's holding those trapped emotions. This it is exactly what's possible for all of you. There is not really a way at this stage in your ascension where you can right now communicate with your body, but you can learn to, but that requires that you open up beliefs. And once you get more comfortable with this practice of activation, you can do it yourself. So you're suggesting that I could actually talk, like just go to my body and speak to my body instead of working intellectually with the limiting belief. You can absolutely speak to your body. Your body will respond to certain hertz frequencies, will respond to words of power, will respond to songs, to signals, but your mind has to get out of the way. Because from your human perspective, you're trying to fix a problem. You're not saying to the cells of your body, it's all right to release the trapped emotion. The trapped emotion has been carried along for a reason. We understand that. But now it's all right to let it go. It's safe to let it go. And this takes a bit of coaxing and a bit of... But when the mind hears words... The mind is trying to effect a solution. If you were to say it in English, you would simply be saying to the body, be different than you are. The same things that the adults told you when you were a child. The adults were trying to solve the problem of you doing something they didn't want you to do. The adults were trying to solve the problem of experiencing negative emotion themselves through your behavior. To mitigate that negative emotion, they wanted to change the conditions. You're the condition they wanted to change. To mitigate the problem of your back, you want to change the conditions. It's normal. It's what everyone does, but it's ineffective because the body is not listening 
to anything other than inspiration. And so to effectively do it, you'll need to understand certain light languages that speak directly to the body, that bypass the mind because the mind cannot interpret the messages of those bodies. Only the soul or spirit and the body in this case. And so generally a third party is useful until you learn to do it yourself, until you're activated and you speak your own light language. And so, and you're, but you're mentioning that Hertz frequencies could do something similar too. Exactly. The and Hertz just, frequencies during meditations are very beneficial. And it's just being with the body and just allowing the body to absorb those frequencies, essentially. Without any attachment to an outcome. You don't do it to fix a problem. You do it because it's pleasurable to you. Now, a lot of the Hertz frequencies come with associated outcomes, such as this one's good for this chakra, and this one's good for connecting to the angels, and so on and so forth. A lot of people pick those. The number one meditation that we've ever created is the abundance meditation. That's listened to more than all other meditations combined. Why? Because those who are listening to that meditation are trying to affect an outcome rather than just be pleasurable. So everything must be pleasurable. With an attachment to an outcome, you put resistance into the process. You add fear into a process that has to be free of fear for it to have any effect whatsoever. And then you must release whatever outcome that you believe is proper for you. Let's imagine that you were exploring North America several hundred years ago. You had a nice trip for most of the time from the East Coast to the West Coast. And then suddenly there's a mountain range right there. And you know that it's going to be difficult to climb that mountain. You think, maybe we'll just turn left and we'll just walk around the mountain. Maybe you should go over the mountain. But to go over the mountain, it's going to be a climb. It's going to be cold. It's not going to be a lot of fun. But then you arrive on the other side and it's paradise. You just landed where you live now. Yeah, where you are now is climbing up a mountain. Everything that's in your life now is part of that journey. Where you will arrive is where you essentially want to be. And there's no way to get there except to climb that mountain. The mountain is drawn right now. To make it easier, you open your belief system to allow in any possibility for support because you are, and you all are, absolutely supported in this journey, in this exploration. Now, your inner self knows exactly where you're going, but it's never going to tell you. It'll never tell you, climb the mountain or turn left and go down south and try and get around it. Because if it did, you'd have no experience. You would just be a puppet. You are here to choose your perspective. The perspective is, I'm the creator of this reality. This is a game. This is a challenge. It's meant to be fun. I'm fully supported. And this life is perfect for me, including my perfect body. My body is showing me something right now that I have to overcome before I get to where I'm going to get. When you have the experience of overcoming an obstacle, what do you get? Confidence. What leaves your body as you have these experiences? Fear. The more experiences that you have, the more confidence you gain, and the less fear is within your reality. Why is that? Because every time you have an experience, you shift your perspective of yourself in that area of your life a bit higher, and as all areas of your life shift upwards, you move into higher, lighter densities. But your body is holding onto thicker, older, more fearful densities. And so any way that you're inspired to support that body is the perfect thing to do. But guess what? Through the inspiration, you've made a choice. You've pushed past fear. You've climbed that mountain. And you've overcome it. To succumb to fear, no matter what it is, is to say, I need more time on this side of the mountain. You could stay on that side of the mountain your entire life. That's fine. You'll do this again and again and again and again, and one day you'll get over the mountain. Now, that mountain 
is actually perspective, literally perspective when you get to the top, because now you can see more. This is what you want. You want this leap in perspective that's coming from ignorance to knowing, from fear to love. The more you move in one lifetime, well, the more experiences you're going to have because you get to those higher densities through experience. You're not told what to do. You will have the experiences. You will not really have a choice in those. They will come to you. The vibration that you have now brings in those experiences that you need to have. But when you see those experiences as perfect, you go through that experience in joy. And when you see that experience as wrong or bad, you go through that experience as a victim and suffer through it. Now you're going to have the experiences. You're going to get to where you're going to get. How you choose to get there can be a spectacular, magnificent, unimaginable life, seeing clearly what's happening at every step of the way, or a slow, deliberate trudge through the mud from a limited perspective. You'll have to see yourself as perfectly capable of handling this, of finding solutions, of doing things beyond your belief system, not to fix the problem, but to break through to new perspectives, to new densities. This is where you want to go. Now, this is a very, very high-level conversation here. We do not expect any of you to understand this on the first go-around, but we are opening up parts of your belief systems so that you will get more information and more information and more information that will move you easier to see yourself with these higher perspectives. Everything is about how you see yourself in your reality. Everything. That's the only thing that matters. The fact that you're contemplating that you could be the creator of your reality is an amazing thing because it means you're looking through the solution. When you realize that the body is here to support you in perfect health or with whatever ailment it is, and you know that that is part of your process to move eventually to much higher perspectives, then the answers will come to you because whenever you're not in despair or doubt or worry or sorrow, when you're in alignment, meaning your emotional state is somewhere above that horizon line of acceptance, you have the access to inspiration. If you're below that horizon line, if you feel like things are going wrong, if you are worried or sad or upset or depressed or anything, that communication is not really there. What's there are urges to change the conditions. The mass consciousness of this planet, which is based in fear because of the illusion. If you were in another civilization where there is no illusion of separation and you were a collective consciousness and fully understood that, you would be fully accessing your inner self, inspiration, intuition, psychic abilities. But there'd be no context. It would be absolutely boring for you. You'd say, why am I here? What's the purpose? We're not going to have a massive shift in perspective when we're all feeling like we're creators of reality. I want to go to a place that has an illusion that few would dare to challenge, and I want to see what I can do. And so you brilliantly set up this life, this perfect life for you, to have these beliefs that are not true. Create an identity that's not true. Feel fear that's not real. And abide by that fear until you can no longer take it. Everything and everyone in this reality will support you as you move to higher perspectives. That's the design of the system. Will you see through the illusion or will you hold on to victimhood? This is a question you can ask yourselves. If you look around at the population of this planet, 99.9999% is believing that they have no control, that they're victims, that there's nothing they can do, and they're wishing and hoping things will change. They will not dare to entertain the possibility that there could be an illusion because of their belief systems. It will make them vulnerable. The belief systems keeps you feeling safe within the illusion but of course, that's part of the illusion. 
Now, dare to open up your belief systems. What's this activation thing? What are these crystals doing all over the place? How do they help? What is this person teaching over here? Your friends and family might say that's nonsense. Well, yeah, it is to them because they're holding on to a belief system that doesn't allow them to see what's behind the illusion. Somehow, some way, all of you who are on this call right now and all of you who are listening at a later date, somehow, some way, something has guided you to information such as this that is discussing the illusion of wrong and bad and imperfection. To dare to say that the homeless person is having experience that's perfect for them and you is counter to what everyone else living in fear would believe because to believe it's perfect, there is no solution. How can we just let these homeless people walk around like they're doing? We need a solution. No, no, they're perfect. They don't need your help. They don't need anything. In fact, they're here to support you. They're living a life they intended to live. That's nuts. That's craziness. We can't get a solution. If you can't get a solution, then what are you going to do with your fear? You're going to have to feel fear. If you can't think that's perfect, you're going to be trapped with this emotion of wrong and bad, and they will not stand for it. So you will notice them all spending all their time trying to fix problems. And they never do because there is no solution when you're in the vibration of the problem. When you're in the vibration of problem, my back hurts, there is no solution. When you think for a moment, this condition could be actually supporting me in my journey of self-discovery, boom, inspiration, boom, inspiration. You find yourself on the call now. You find yourself being able to ask a question. You're finding a new terminology possibly called activation. You're finding something that could be not a solution to a problem, but the next step forward. Because within this activation, what's it really going to do? It's going to release trapped fear. Without that fear, the beliefs that supported it evaporate. And you suddenly feel better. When you feel better, what happens? Now you're more connected to your inner self. Now your spirit, inner self, your mind, because you open up belief systems, and your body, because it released the fear, are in coherence. How do I get there? By something that seems weird. By light language, by tones, by vibrations, by signals, by all these things that are not standard practice. Why aren't they standard practice? Because the belief systems of most humans, including Gary, would not allow for it until recently. Why not? Because there's a general illusion of unworthiness going on. Who am I to find a solution to support others in aiding their own bodies? Who am I to live pain-free? Who am I to move up to higher densities? Who am I to be the example of alignment? Who am I to be this sprinter carrying a 100-pound weight that's so powerful that no one can outrun them? That's who all of you are. And with that, we are complete. Thank, Thank you, Joshua. Joshua. Thank you, Joshua. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you Joshua. About a year ago, if you had said the word activation to me, I would not have known what you're talking about, and I thought it would be a bunch of woo-woo stuff. So my belief system and Christy's belief system had to open up so that we could start doing these things and start being comfortable with them. The first time I ever witnessed a group activation was when Joshua had their event uh, here at the retreat in spring, and it was an unusual Joshua Live, and we all saw it, but you know it was fun and interesting. And the word activation came up, and we didn't really consider what that was. Then Christy and Crystal and Chris started doing these activations on our friends here at the Joshua House. And sure, it was fun to watch, but I didn't really think anything was going on. And then at the QLT event, I was at the grocery store. I come home, and someone had asked Christy to do activations for the group. So she just, you know, uh, intuitively set this all up. And they're all lying on the floor 
while Christy is doing light language and Chris is doing his thing and Crystal's doing her her light language. And it was weird to me. You know, I'm like, oh, boy. So then we do another one and another one. And I see the benefits and I see the benefits of myself. My belief systems open up. The fear is gone. The trapped emotions seem to have been released. It's really an amazing thing. And in this episode, you heard Joshua talk about this. Well, we have been inspired to start our first activations group. We're going to have 100 people. Um, if you're interested, send me an email to garybodley at gmail.com and I'll send you all the information. I have made a couple of videos and a uh, little pamphlet about it that tells what it's about from White Light and Joshua's perspective, how they've uh, asked us to present this to you. They they are very excited about this. This is a passive thing that you can do. It doesn't require any work other than listening to it in meditation during the week and then listening to the recording of the activations designed for you. Uh, sometime during that week as well. There will be four activations over four weeks. So it only takes about two hours of your time through those through each week to do this. And there's nothing else you have to do. No tests, no quiz, no assignments, nothing. It's very simple. And I think it's going to be one of the most effective things you can do. We will see. We will have these 100 people go through this activation. We're going to keep it at 100. And then um, everyone will give their feedback and we'll we'll track them over time and we'll take note of what's happened for every person. But we've seen from the live ones that we've done that uh, the the change, the the change in feeling and belief system and confidence and connection to your inner self, more inspiration, more acting on inspiration, people doing all kinds of new things. I've never seen anything like this other than the boot camp. And the boot camp is, you know, eight weeks, very uh, rigorous, very deep, very, you know, you have to do it over and over again. It takes a really a year we're starting to see these things happening in people from just their first activation. And then those of us who had, had many activations are really progressing to levels we never thought would be possible. So it's really interesting to see. I had my first activation done on Zoom. Chrissy's in Tampa right now. And so she and I got together on Zoom. And it was one of my most profound activations I've had so far. So if you'd like uh, more information, just send me an email and I'll send you everything. So thanks again for being here. Like and subscribe. Uh, share this with your friends. Do all that great stuff you do. We really appreciate you and we'll see you next time. Bye.